Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Wyndham Championship 2020. We're going to get into this with DraftKings picks, betting picks, sports betting, outright picks, top 10, all that good stuff. We're going to have a great time with this one. Talk about the big names in this event, how to approach those. A couple of big names we disagree on up at the top. Got a ton of stupid cheap plays, long shot plays. This is an event for long shots. We're going to talk about some of that. We have a great podcast for you tonight. We're going to break down the golf course at Sedgefield Country Club of Donald Ross Design. And then at the end, we're actually going to recap the PGA Championship and discuss some of the big storylines for the PGA. That'll be at the end of the show so we can get right into the Wyndham. And a lot of updates and news coming to the Tour Junkies website that we cover in the beginning, as well as the Chalk Bomb email that you're not going to want to miss out on. This episode presented by our friends at chillboys.com. Head over to chillboys.com, get you some fresh undies, 15% off your first order with promo code TOURJUNKIES at chillboys.com. Let's get to it. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. Yeah. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. Oh, yeah. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. What's going on, golf addicts? It is the Tour Junkies podcast for the Wyndham Championship. David here, Pat with me. We're going to get into this. It's going to be a great show tonight, Pat. I uh, hope you're doing well. Coming off the PGA Championship hangover. Um, you know, it's always, always tough coming off a major, but we, we haven't had one in a long time. We haven't felt said hangover in over 12 months. We are going to get into the PGA Championship. That is going to be the last segment tonight. So the the thoughts on the PGA and all the different storylines and players, we are going to hammer out at the end of the show tonight so we can move into the Wyndham. But, Pat, before we get into that stuff, how are you feeling? What's the podcast juice of the evening? Well, I'm feeling good. Um, the hang The post – the post-major hangover isn't as bad as I thought it might be. I think it's probably because, like you said, it's been so long since we've had a major, so I forgot what yeah. it's like to, to be hungover from one. Um, but it's, yeah, so I recovered nicely, I think. And um, I'm recovering nicely with a vodka drink. But it's not Tito's. Mm. You know, it's a little different one that you, you had put me on to. I believe it's called Wild Leap. Yes. Is that, is that correct? And uh, yes. it is fantastic uh, out of LaGrange, Georgia. Uh, Holla. It's, Holla. It's, uh, you know, so, so local to us, sort of, you know, in our neck I of believe, the woods. I believe it's pronounced LaGrange. Um, LaGrange. Is yes. that how Ron Burgundy per uh, yes. pronounces it? I actually have a, a new bottle I just got, just picked up. I've got it here on standby, just in case I need it later. But yeah, I mean, you know what? We've, you know, we've moved on from Tito's. You know, in the early days, it was Tito's, and and you know what? It's just, it, it's one of those that you know people know the name of it and they think it's the best. But really, when you explore and when you, you know, you take you open your eyes a little bit, there's a whole new world out there. And um, you got to try new things. You got to be willing to do yeah. that. Try new things. Also, also new on the podcast, you may notice my my old backdrop is mm -hmm. is here. We've got the old backdrop. I'm you know getting off my my uh, my G6 here. You know I'm uh, I'm I'm the kind of the you know the uh, 
I don't know what I don't know what word I'm looking for. The diva. Um, the jet the jet setter. <laughs> the the jet, jet setter. Okay, that might be better than you know. I'm kind of that guy. So I, I got my I got my um, my old background here. I'm I'm pumped up about that. Maybe get some new some new juices flowing, some new vibes going. That could be fun. Really excited about this week though because you know for me as a long shot loving son of a gun the Wyndham Championship sets up for long shots. And so it gets my I juices agree. flowing. Uh, you know, I, I, it, gets me, it gets me going. I'm pumped about it. And we have some new stuff happening over on tourjunkies.com this week. We need to make sure everybody knows about. There is a new structure to the Chalk Bomb email and some new, con- new and old content coming to the Tour Junkies website. A lot of changes going on this week, a lot of changes. So the first thing I'll say is this, the chalk bomb is getting uh, kind of a, we're kind of, we're kind of trimming the fat on the chalk. It's bomb getting right. a little bit of a facelift, if you will. Well, it, really, it's more like lipo. We're just taking things out of yeah, the chalk bomb. Yeah, yeah, we're I not really adding know. anything new. <laughs> um, well, we're I mean, liposuctioning yeah. the chalk bomb is what we're going to yeah. do. We're going to suck the fat right out of it, but we're going to take that fat and shoot it right over into our website. So it's kind of like taking fat, like if you were, like if you were fat in your, um, like in your, in your, in your thigh area, you know, and you took a little fat out of your thigh, but you looked at your, you know, you looked at your, um, your, you know, like maybe your, uh, your, maybe your, your hind side, your hiney area. area or your, hi- yeah, you needed a little yeah. ass lift. You, you put yeah. it in there. That's kind of what we're doing. So the chalk bomb, we are now going to, so here's what's going to stay in the chalk bomb. Uh, the opening thoughts which is important, which talks about kind of our approach to the week. Um, head-to-head matchups and, and how we analyze three or four head-to-head matchups every week. Obviously, the chalk bomb is going to stay in the chalk bomb, or that would be weird. And um, pontificate with Pat is going to stay in the chalk bomb. What, am I missing something? I think that's it. I think that's, think it. that's it. You said the 10 facts, right? Because everybody loves nope. the 10 facts. 10 facts are not staying in the chalk bomb. Oh, okay. All right. Well, never mind. Didn't know that. Yeah, this is all new information to Pat, too. He's, uh, no, it's I was just focused on you not taking out pontificate with Pat. I mean, that was what I was really – okay, but go ahead. So the 10 facts will be on the website every Tuesday. So Ben is going to put the 10 facts, the 10 key stats you need to know to get your research. We, we feel like you need those early in the week. You need the, t- the 10 key stats earlier in the week. To, to start working through your process. So he's going to give you the 10 key stats for free on the website every Tuesday, okay, on tourjunkies.com. If you're going, wait a minute, I got to have DB's Big Balls betting card that's, you know, that's up on the year, even though we're going through a little cold streak right now. I got to have DB's Big Balls betting card. Where's that going to be? Well, it's also going to be on tourjunkies.com. Oh, man, DB be crazy not to put that behind the paywall. It's so amazing. No, 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 no. I'm not going to put it behind the paywall. I'm actually, it's going to also be free uh so on tourjunkies.com db's big balls betting card is also going to hit on tuesdays i'm going to do some stuff late tuesday afternoon and then probably want to check it again on wednesday every wednesday because i'm going to add uh possibly some first round leader bets as well when depending on weather and all that kind of stuff and then as always fantasy golf sommelier is going to be out on wednesdays despite this being year two where pat said he would have it out on tuesdays it will also be out on wednesdays um no i miss anything i think that's it i think that's it well the new one. Oh yeah the new one 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a new one out on Wednesdays also. This is the new content. So all, all we're doing right now is you know liposuctioning the old, putting it right in just a new spot. The new yeah. content is gonna be something I'm gonna work on called The Pivot Point, which Ben tells us, cause he's very smart and he's a day trader, tells us that that has something to do with stocks, okay? Um, so we're, I'm gonna act like I know what that means. We're gonna, it's called The Pivot Point and it's going to address popular players. So, so it'll give me till Wednesday to kind of see who's popular, who's not. I'm gonna go through popular players and then who I think the pivots from that should be in GPPs and why. I'm gonna to try to sell you on that. Uh, and that will also be free on tourjunkies.com. All of that starting this week. So tomorrow you should see the 10 key stats. You should see uh, the beginning phases of my betting card um and you should and then wednesday you'll get the fantasy golf sommelier and the pivot point i believe i got all that right yes yeah and the chalk bomb is still coming so chalk bomb will hit your emails it'll just be a little quicker read but uh that's what's going on in our world right now well and and the nut hut got a facelift over the weekend for those of you who were in the nut hut on wednesday night of the pga when it overloaded because there were so many of you uh, we apologize. We sent you an email. We've already upgraded it one time. It's a temporary fix and it is way better. It works on mobile. It's fast. Nobody's getting kicked out. Super clean. Um, so if we pissed you off in the nut hut and you, you canceled your membership, then please come back. It's only $10 a month. Um, but there are going to be more permanent fixes in place coming soon. Stay tuned for that. Also, one last announcement, our new partnership with the Props Network. We would really appreciate it if uh if you guys go out and follow the props network check them out on instagram on facebook on twitter um i, I think they even have a TikTok account uh, but the props network is our new partner that we are working with to provide the best golf betting content around okay these guys are uh generational handicappers they come from a long line of sports book operators casino operators all kind of stuff and uh, the thing that we loved about the Props Network is golf is their number one, right? Because all these betting content sites are going to pound the NFL and the NBA, Major League Baseball. Golf is going to just kind of be man, man, here and there. And in the major, you know, during major weeks, it'll be great. Not the Props Network, not at all. So we're glad to partner with those guys. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming with that. Oh, one of at, which is it is uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, which you mentioned at yes, Props Network HQ. So at Props Network, Harry Quality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever you're you like trying that up to in like, the military, whenever you're trying to like Harry Quality, uh, whenever you're trying to give out like a spelling over the phone, I have the worst time coming up with the the, the words that go to the letter. Like it's yeah, like, and it's same. obviously never, it's never military yeah. related. So it's just like all over the damn place. I'm sure the people on the other line are like, what in the hell is he coming? And I feel such pressure when I have to do that. Yeah, when I have to like, yeah. when I have to come up with that and it's like, oh my God, like I can't think of a name. I, I cannot possibly think of a, you know, a, a word that starts with the letter S, you know, and you're like, God, why can't I think of that? Is there more pressure trying to think of that? Or do you do this too? When you're typing and somebody's watching you type, like if you're typing an email or typing a response to something, you want somebody to walk, look at it and you're typing it or a tech, do you feel pressure at that point? Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't type as well. Like I skip keys and stuff. I, yeah. I freeze yeah. everything. Locked I'm up. a very good, I, I fancy myself a very good typer. I mean, like even in, in high school when I took typing class, I mean, I was like, 
I was, yeah. I don't know what my words per minute were, but it was. You should have been. Incredible. You should have been a uh, a secretary back in the day. Should have been a. Yeah. Maybe. Um, anyway, but yeah, the pressure's on saying? when I'm having to. Uh, oh, the other the, thing. The, the, yeah. There's already something happening with the Props Network. It starts next week for those that have Sirius XM radio and listen to the Tony Bruno show starting next Wednesday, I believe. Isn't it Wednesday? Oh, I think it's Wednesday. And, and, don't, and don't, don't, don't quote us on this. I think it's Wednesday. It's definitely um, Wednesday. We will be appearing on what? It's definitely Wednesday. Okay. We will be appearing on uh, Tony Bruno's show every Wednesday talking about golf, talking about DFS, talking about golf betting. It's going to be a good time. Um, we'll have a nice little hit there, and both of us will get to do it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So be sure and check that out. Oh, I think it's on Dan Patrick's channel, which I don't know. Do you know what channel that is on XM? We'll learn. Uh, yeah, I think we'll it's, I don't know. It's on Dan it's Patrick's channel. It's like 212 channel. or something. It's up in the 200 range, Okay, somewhere in there. Nice. All right, bud. Well, that's exciting stuff. Like I said, we'll get to the PGA Championship recap at the end of the podcast. Let's get into this week at the Wyndham. We're going to give you the course breakdown, key stats. Then we're going to get into our DFS picks. And uh, yeah, then we're going to talk about some betting. Uh, I've got some juicy numbers. that, I, as, Like I said, this really gets me giggly um, with these long shot potential winners here at the Wyndham. Let's get to it. Tell us about the golf course, the Sedgefield country club yes the Wyndham championship in greensboro north carolina sedgefield country club great course it is a par 70 playing just over 7100 yards it's actually one of the, the shorter par 70s that we uh that we see all year i think it's, it's probably comparable to like the sony open uh course there um but we, we it's a classic donald ross design you're gonna get those kind of slopey uh, small greens where there's a lot of runoffs, but a lot of undulation. It's Bermuda grass, tee to green. This typically ranks as, tip, as one of the easier courses on tour. I mean, we see very low scoring here. Uh, you got tree-lined fairways that are relatively tight, but they're not all that difficult to hit. I don't think driving accuracy is ne necessarily going to be that key. You do, I mean, you do want to try to keep it in the fairway, but the rough mm -hmm. isn't going to be all that, um, you know, heavy. So I, I do want guys that can hit it in the fairway I'm just not saying that, you know, a bomber still can't, you know, win around this course. Um, but it's definitely around these greens. I mean, you've got to hit them in the right spots. And you've got to be good if you do miss them. you got to be good at scrambling. So, I mean, that's what you typically see with Donald Ross designs and Donald Ross greens. That is really what he – like, when he sets up a course, it's like he starts with the greens and goes backwards. I mean, he, he just – it's all about that, all about the approach play and the ball striking. Um, I think we're going to play this course relatively soft this week. We're getting storms almost every single day, like we do in the south here. Um, it's going to soften up this course a lot. But they'll run pretty quick. I mean, the greens are going to run true and quick, but I still think they're going to set up for a ton of scoring. Both of these par fives are reachable, so all the, all the folks out here should be able to score on those. Um, as far as stats for me, I'm definitely looking at form and history here, looking at greens and regulation and ball striking. I mentioned scrambling is something that I do like. And I like opportunities gained, which is a, uh, you know, a stat on Fantasy National just, you know, that gives you sort of an indication of where somebody is as far as uh, giving themselves scoring opportunities. So I like that as well. Looking at past champions, we've got JT Poston last year at 21 under, Brant Snedeker uh, in 2018, also 21 under, Henrik Stinson at 22 under, Siwoo 
him 21 under that, that like you just see it right right down the line the last four winners right uh, you know 21 22 under and then you had davis love at uh in 2015 at 17 under so davis love yeah dl3 he came out of nowhere and won that year didn't he it like extended yeah. his tour career just like an extra couple of years just yeah. just because he won i mean because he was close to being on the senior tour right Anyway, so there you go. Quick rundown. We got T65 in ties, by the way, this week. So not like last week where the PGA said we, we had T, T70. Um, we got T65, as we will at all tour events. So there you go. That is the rundown for Sedgefield. Very nice, very nice. Do you need to pull money out of TJ and pay for a power bill? Because you look like you're in the dark. You look like you're actually in a dark wine cellar, like underground. For some reason, like, the, the light just, like, lowers. So let me, uh, while you're giving your... Okay. Let lighten it up a little bit here. Yeah, I definitely was not paying much attention during Pat's course preview there. Um, you were looking at the chat, weren't you? No, I was not, actually. Oh, there, that's much better. I can see your, I can see your lovely face now. I was not looking at chat. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do think accuracy matters um, a little. Maybe it sounds like a little more than you do, but it's not a long course. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's tree line, tight-ish. You know, I think fairways are important because hitting the right tiers on these undulating Donald Ross greens is going to be pretty good. I mean, ultimately, you got to score here. You, you cannot Bill Haas your way around this damn golf course. Like, you got to par is not your friend birdie is your friend birdies and eagles galore you mentioned the the scoring there uh basically in the 20s is in the 20s the last four years other than the dl3 and five years ago and i don't know what who, who was he even playing against back then like who did anybody else show up that week he won at 17 under and it was dl3 in 2015 like who was he playing was club pro guy in the field or uh maybe um i don't know so, somebody terrible like Lynn Matisse, was he in the field? I don't know if Lynn Matisse was in there, but Craig Perks, um, was he there? Who? I see. Who, who's the guy that wore the um who's the guy that always wore like the the wristband? Scott Verplank. It sounds like a Scott Verplank, Jeff Maggart. Uh, he won. I thought that. you were like Jesper Partovic, maybe. Was Jesper Ooh, in yeah. one? Jesper. <laughs> um yeah, uh, tons of birdies and eagles. That's what you got to do. So, you know, it's it's accuracy. It's very solid iron play. I think that's number one if you want to look at stats. Uh, and it's putting well on these champion Bermuda grass greens. Uh, these are true Bermuda down here in the south, Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. I like form a lot as well. You know, there's some events where, you know, where par is your friend, I think you can come in not quite as hot and, and get around and be okay. But I, I think in events like this, where it's a shootout, you got to be confident, you got to be firing away, you got to feel like you can attack any pin location. So I do want inform players, guys that are going to score guys that are going to go up. And as I mentioned, long shots have done well here. Three out of the last five winners have been triple-digit winners. Davis Love the third was five hundred to one. If I hit, if I hit a guy at five hundred, I want to let you. I want to go ahead and let you know. If I ever hit a guy at five hundred to one, like publicly, I don't even care if I put a dollar on him. If I if I publicly tout a a a human man at five hundred to one and hit it, it's going on my grave on my on my gravestone like it's going 
it will be everywhere. It will be in our Twitter bio. It will be everywhere. 501. See, uh, let's see, Sneds and Poston, I think, or maybe C. Wu and Poston were both the other triple digit. Poston yeah, was 101. I don't think Sneds or, or Stenson were. No, he wasn't. No, I know Stenson were. wasn't. You're right. It was C. Wu and Poston. Poston was 101. Um, he had he was coming in good form. He was, I mean, so it can, you know, anybody could could come up and win this thing this week. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I think Stenson's sort of an example of of what you'll see. You know, everybody always talks about him hitting a three wood off the tee a lot and things like that, and and sort of dialing it back off the tee. It's not like Stenson's a short guy. He as far as how he hits the ball, he just never hits his driver, so we don't really know. But I think you're going to see that a lot with guys like you know, like your your longer guys. I mean, Kepka's in the field right now. Uh, I think they'll be dialing it back off the tee a little bit, and and so. I say this to say, like, I wouldn't just throw out the bombers because even though I do, I do agree that you do have to be fairly accurate, but just because you may see a bomber out here on this course and you're looking at the stats, but they're terrible as far as driving accuracy, well, that may not, you know, correlate because they may be hitting a, you know, an iron off the tee or a three wood off the tee, and it may just be a little bit different. So I don't, I don't know than what they're normally doing, bombing it with their driver off the tee. So, yeah. Uh, length always an advantage, always an advantage, and and definitely course history here. This does seem like a spot where, you know, if you're fam- if you're comfortable in the South, you're comfortable on Donald Ross, you're comfortable on Bermuda, you kind of understand the pin locations here, the levels on these greens, the undulation on these greens, uh, the angles that you need from the fairway to attack them. I do think that it carries a little more weight this week than uh, than a couple other of these these events we've had here in the in the last few weeks. So. Uh, as always, our stats brought to you by Fantasy National. Our friends at fantasynational.com slash TJ. If you use that URL, fantasynational.com slash TJ, will hook you up with 20% off any membership weekly, monthly, or annually. You can try it for a week. If you love it, you can then switch it to a month or an, or an annual subscription, and you still get the 20% off because the tour junkies referred you. Um, that's just where we get everything. So all the stats we mentioned – it's where we find our course history data, our recent form data. Uh, we look at ownership projections for DFS. There's, um, there's a ton of content. Now with the custom models, uh, the new stuff that they built over there that Moose and the gang have built at Fantasy National is incredible. We've been using them for three years. It is our only source for stats. Um, it's a fantastic website. And they've been longtime supporters of the Tour Junkies and our listeners. So, Please give them a check, a, a look if you have not already. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, or just when you sign up, you can just put in promo code Tour Junkies or whatever. Ready to move on to the to the picks there, Patrick? Look at draft Yes. Games. Do some yes. picking? Want to do some picking? I'm ready. Let's look at the top of this board because here we go. Brooks Kepka, who we will uh, definitely probably not be done talking about uh, after we move on from his name here because I – feel like we're going to talk about him at the PGA Championship recap, but Brooks with a pretty brutal Sunday. By the way, uh, I will go ahead and say this in case people skip the end. Brooks Kepka was the chalk bomb last week, uh, and we got all kinds of chatter. You know who you are. If, if you are listening to this right now, do not skip. I want you to sit and lather in the guilt that you should feel. If you chirped at us prior to Sunday, Golf tournaments, Pat, how many rounds are golf tournaments? I, how many rounds are they? I believe four. Four rounds are golf tournaments. That's we 72 people, holes. 
we had people chirping at us after 18, after 36, after 54. How could you pick Brooks Kepka? What are you thinking? I had one guy email us, and he, and he did it kind of nicely. He was, he was saying he was a fan of the show, but he, he took the time to email us and tell us how crazy we were, how crazy Ben was specifically, to nail Brooks Kepka as the chalk bomb. But never forget, it's a four-round tournament, okay? And what happened? He was $11,100. On average, he was 20% owned. He scored 66 DraftKings points with his T29, which is not good, okay? Even if you look at the T29 and go, well, that's not terrible. Well, it is for a guy 11-1, first of all. But he also scored – he also underperformed. He didn't have a ton of birdies. He had zero eagles. He had a bunch of bogeys, no bogey-free rounds. Um, people like Ryan Palmer, Dylan Fratelli, and Louis Oosthuizen scored more fantasy points on DraftKings than Brooks Kepka. So the chalk bomb was 100% ballsy AF and accurate AF. Do not chirp at us prior to Sunday. Or, I, I don't know, just don't do it. Like the, I don't know what it's going to take to get this through people's heads. You can't call well, it too early. Don't, yeah, don't call it early. Now, if – if it hits on Sunday and everything's all said and done and the, the chalk bomb was not good, that's fine. You have we'll all rights. It. You have all – we can take it. We can take the uh, heat there. But uh, you got to wait till Sunday's done. I mean, it is – it is. it's the same really when you're in DFS. Like if you're like – if you got a hot one running and you're like early on a Sunday and oh. – like, I mean, you can't – it's just never, it's just never done until the very end. I mean, we had that listener that I went back. I was so, this is so awful of me, but it was fun. And and he was a good sport about it. I hope he realizes I was messing around with him. I can't. It's too far down our notifications for me to find it. But we had a listener tweet us on Friday with a screenshot. He's winning like twenty grand on Friday night. And he's like, boys, hopefully it holds. And he tweets a screenshot. And I said, you should not have done that. I said, talk to me on Sunday. Well, I go back and I find him. I scroll all the way down and I find him on Sunday, yesterday. And I'm like, how'd you finish? And he goes, not good. And I said, yeah. what did we learn? And he's like, he's like, well, blah, 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 blah. I shouldn't have done that. You know, I shouldn't have tweeted you early. And I was like, now you know. Da, da. And he's like, thanks, Dad. And I was like, thank you, son. I'm glad we had this talk. Now, don't do that again. <laughs> you, you, cannot, yeah, it's, you cannot get too wrapped up about it. You can't. You got to kind of reel it in a little bit. I had a good friend who, who I mean, this is Sunday. You know, Sunday after he'd had two players finish, um, he was in the $200 single entry. It had Ryan Palmer, who had just gone nuts. So six I, under. I guess Sunday yep. after, yeah, he was six under and with an eagle and a, whatever else. And he had Luke List in the house. And then he had four to go, you know, four guys that were in those last, you know, two to three groups. So he was, he was running, he had a chance, but he was winning a hundred grand. He was winning the $200 single entry on Sunday. By afternoon. the time, on Sunday afternoon, by the time all was said and done, he minimum cashes the two hundred dollars single entry. Now that's good. You still won some money. Yeah. It ain't hundred thousand though. So if you just, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens yeah. in these things. So you just gotta roll with it. And look, we get all excited and stuff. I think there was a, a time early in the fall where I was like winning. I think two hundred grand after the after Friday, uh, and it just all fell to pieces. So. I mean, you just have to keep the excitement within yourself. You can't broadcast yeah. it. The minute you broadcast it, you're you're freaking done. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's take a look at the board. So you got Brooks, you got Webb up top. 
for me, I'll go ahead and, and kind of get into this, and, and I'll, I'll give you another fade, but it's tough for me to play either one of these guys in this field. Um, it's tough for me to play Brooks at 11-4. He's, he's searching. He's still not putting four together. This place, um, you know, doesn't play as much to his strengths as Harding Park did. I don't know that he's completely healthy still. Um, I'm not even sure. I don't know. I mean, I know he's got FedEx Cup points on the line. He's 92nd in the FedEx Cup, and he wants to get, you know, at least to Eastlake, uh, I would imagine. Um, but he's clearly in for next week for the first event of the FedEx Cup. But top 70 get into the next week at the Northern Trust, which is a big deal. It's a no-cut event. Um, it's a big deal. So Brooks is, is a little motivated, but he's never more motivated than the PGA uh, or than a, than a major. And I'm just not going to pay 11-4 for him in a field where I got to go. Then I got to sink down, and I'm just not going to do it. Webb is interesting. He's one here. He's got a kid named after this place. He's a local-ish guy. Paltasori is going to give it a go. I saw it on Twitter earlier today. He's going to give it a go. He's he's just pumped full of cortisone. He's going to give it a go and get back on the bag for Webb. Um, that is encouraging to me. But I do think what we saw last week is the iron play of Webb fall off a little bit, which has been pretty solid. And you wonder, does that have anything to do with his caddy? Does that have anything to do with a caddy who can think a little, you know, a little more thoroughly through a shot, through a landing area, through a number, through a through the wind? You know, can he navigate those situations a little better? Uh, now, obviously, Webb's a very seasoned professional and can do it, but Paul Tesori is his caddy and his coach. So, if Tesori's back on the bag, it makes him a little more interesting. But obviously, I also think Webb's going to be very chalk up top. So, uh, I will go with Patrick Reed in uh, in tournaments. I will go with Harris English in tournaments, uh, dropping down. And then I'm going to go with Billy Horschel in tournaments. So, uh, those are my three GPP plays. Patrick's scoring really well right now seventh in the field since the restart in birdies or better birdies or better gained 13th at the PGA last week the irons aren't great the irons scare me a little bit um obviously he's scrambling his his little rotten rude dick off but um but he's scoring he's <laughs> finding a way he's manufacturing it right uh and at 10-7 I'll take it Harris English, what can you say about the guy? He's been solid as they come since the restart. Extremely solid. The ball striking's there. He's a putting, just absolute freak. He checks all the boxes off the tee. Um, iron play, putting, he just he checks them all. Now, he might be popular. 9,300, I don't know that you're going to get a lot of leverage out of Harris English, um, but I'll eat the chalk regardless. And then Billy Horschel, a guy who, you know, lackluster finish at the PGA, coming off three really good weeks before that. But I love the form. Um, he's also tied for, for seventh in the field with Patrick Reed in birdies or better gains since the restart, hitting a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of greens in regulation, and his best putting surface over the long-term average, Bermuda. So I will take Reed, English, and Billy Ho in tournaments, and my cash play is going to be Paul Casey. I'm going to go up and play Paul Casey, who I know is $10,300. But I like the way he's hitting it right now. Um, it was good to see him, you know, play well last week. I like Paul Casey. I'm a Paul Casey fan. Um, you know, he, he I think um, he's got a great record here, T13, T3, T18 the last few times out. Uh, so I'm going to pick guys. All, all of these guys have pretty good records here, English, Casey, Reed, Billy. 
all have good records, all in good form. Um, and I don't really care for the, I don't really care what the ownership ends up being. I, I think I'm just going to roll with those because I think when it comes down to these other ranges, there's just so many names here that I think are so even, like I can pivot easily. So that's what I'm going to do. My t technically my fade, even though I've already given you two is going to be Tommy Fleetwood. Um, Tommy's irons are not good. He has no history here. His worst putting surface is Bermuda. Uh, I think the only reason he's playing here is because he needs a FedEx Cup points. He's ranked 85th. He wants to lock in Northern Trust, I would imagine. Uh, obviously, he's pretty much in for next week, but I think he wants to lock in Northern Trust and give him a shot at Eastlake. But the irons aren't great. He just didn't look good this this week. Um, and at 10-5, there's no reason to pay up for him. So that's my breakdown of the 10K range. Okay, um, some agreement and some disagreement here. Um, I'll start with my fade, and it's just pretty easy. I just I'm just fading Brooks. I just don't I'm not I don't want to pay that high <laughs> price for him. I think that I think something's wrong with him. I think he might have a little bit of an injury issue. Now, nothing's been said about that. I think there's some speculation there. Um, I was listening to some PGA Tip Tour radio the other, like Saturday night uh, before the the Sunday round, and. Uh, the, the person that was following him around the course mentioned that he thought that there could be a little bit of an injury issue. He couldn't say it when he was broadcasting on the, on the radio, but uh, he said that's what he thought. So I don't know for sure that, but I just, I don't like Kepka 11 four, so I'm not going to play him. I understand he needs the points and all that kind of stuff, but whatever. Um, I like Webb though. I do like him in GPPs. I don't really, I think, mm -hmm. you know, he's in obviously been in pretty good form since the restart he loves this course. He plays extremely well here. I'm not as worried about the caddy situation as you might be. I mean, I think actually you were you faded him last week, and I thought he had a pretty decent week considering the fact that he didn't have his normal caddy on the bag. I mean, he snuck up in there and, you know, was was at least somewhat in contention for a little bit. So I like Webb at eleven two on a course that he's comfortable yeah, on and I don't I don't else, hate so. I don't hate the web play. I, I told you I kind of get on the web play as long as Tesori's back and but but he is going to be the most popular selection for sure in this I range and maybe be, in the whole field. I think he'll be, yeah, extremely popular. But another popular guy that I have as a tournament play, and I could see where you could play him as cash as, as well, is um, is Paul Casey. I have him as my tournament yeah. play here. So for all the same reasons that you did, I think it's a, it's a great play. And 10-3 I think is a good price as well. My cash play was actually Billy Horschel. Um, at 9,100. I kind of okay. just like that price a little bit better if I'm starting yep. my cash lineup. So I think that uh, Horschel is a, is a good one there. And my last tournament play is Tommy Fleetwood. And I'm just going to continue to – here's the thing. He's going to get his irons around eventually. I mean, he is way too good of a ball striker for it to just, so, like, I guess. continue to be, be this way. Now, I get the fact that you don't like him on Bermuda and, and, and whatever else. Um, and he lost strokes, like, on, on approach majorly last week at the PGA Championship, but still was somehow able to, you know, other than that terrible Sunday round, he was still up there and had himself in it, mainly because he putted extremely well. Um, he gained 2.9 strokes putting last week, so that was important. And he's been great scrambling since the restart. Um, so I think that I think Fleetwood could still be a pretty good play. And one of the things we saw with him is his ownership has just been extremely low. So if you're looking at a good low-owned tournament play in this over 9K range, I think Fleetwood could still could, could give you that leverage. And, you know, I mean, he's been 
well, he came back at the 3M and was 22, but I mean, that was, you know, 22%, but that was just because it was such a weak field and whatever else. But I don't know. I, I still think you're going to see after all the play lately and everything else that he's going to be sub, maybe he'll be like 10 to 15%. Owned. I'm okay with that. I like Fleetwood. I will play him in tournaments. So there you go. And by the way, just so everybody knows, Abraham Answer, who is listed, has uh, withdrawn, which sucks because I feel like this would be a great spot for him. But I, I think he's been playing a lot of golf, so he's probably taking a break before the playoff run. Um, I actually are, feel like in this category that, that English could be a fade. I think really? Be, well, if he's, if he's higher owned than – if he's up there with ownership at 9,300, I think he'd be a good pivot point, by the way, article – I mean, he will be, he it. will be higher owned, I think, for sure. I mean, if it's we're talking about find, a pivot, yeah, but it's tough to find a reason to fade him right now. I mean, you, other than ownership, I mean, that'd be the only the only thing. And I usually like yeah. to find something other than that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess you can all you can always dig into any stat. I mean, I could probably find some stat that says he sucks from eight feet to twelve feet for whatever reason. But I, I he sucks in proximity, by the way. In case you want to know. Well, he's but he's twenty fourth in strokes gained on approach. Like, uh, proximity stats, bogus. All right, uh, moving on, because I don't want the show to last forever we get into a proximity argument again. Um, AK range, I'll make this snappy. My two tournament plays, for one of the first times, I think, since the restart, if not the first time, I'm going to play Kiz. I, I was impressed with Kiz's 19th place finish at the PGA. Um, he, he backed up his t- top 25 at the WGC. He's Obviously, very comfortable on Bermuda. He's in the south, uh, an accuracy course. Of course, he's got a great record at – or not a great record, but a decent record. A couple top tens his last few attempts. Um, he can score. He can get hot. He can we, – we all know who Lippick is, right? So, we know he can get hot. I like the upside scoring for Kiz. So, I'll go with him in tournaments. And then I'm going to go with Corey Connors, a guy that last week I talked about on the podcast, but this is why you need to be a Nut Hut member. We got some inside info on Connors late – on Wednesday night and shared that in the nut hut. Everybody hopefully faded him and he missed the cut. Um, but I'm going to get back on, unless I hear otherwise, uh, I'm going to get back on Connors and hope that some people jump off uh, off the Corey Connors train. He's just so stupid good, Tita Green. Um, this, this just sets up so nicely for him. He's improved on his first attempt here at Wyndham, he finished 45th. Uh, and, and then the, the, the next attempt last year, he finished 22nd. He's a terrible putter no matter what surface he's on. But uh, I mean, he, but he's, he's actually best or least shitty on Bermuda. Um, but he checks all the boxes. And I think I'm going to get a little break with him in ownership. And he's only 8K. So I'll go with Corey Connors. And then in terms of cash, I'm going to go with Ryan Moore in cash. Pretty solid record here for Ryan Moore. Did not play the PGA because of a family commitment. And that is, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, don't, I don't know. You can talk about what type of family commitment would be different than getting into a major if your name is Ryan Moore. Like, it's not like he's guaranteed to get into every major. But, hey, he's a seasoned veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's uh, clearly valuing the family. So, he didn't play the PGA. But before that, we saw him play the Barracuda as well. And he played pretty good. He, you know, that's a great event, a comparable event for this. You just got to go throw some, you know, go go flag hunting. And he did okay at the Barracuda. Um, 
you know, T12 at the 3M Open. This is a great course for Ryan Moore. So I'm going to go with Ryan Moore in cash. I feel that good about it. My fade is going to be – my fade's going to be Siwoo Kim. He's playing well. I get that. Um, but he is not – he is not – hitting fairways. His worst surface is Bermuda. Now, I know he's obviously got a decent record here. Worst surface is Bermuda um, by a long shot. Like, he's awful on Bermuda. Almost neutral in the other areas. Awful on Bermuda. But if you look short-term and long-term, his fairways hit pretty bad. Um, fairways gained is the stat on Fantasy National that we like. At the PGA, he did do pretty well. He hit one point. He gained one point six on fairways there. But every other event since the restart, terrible. Um, so you know, in, in fact, he minus eight fairways gained at the workday, and historically not a very accurate driver of the golf ball. Um, and I don't like that he's. I don't feel like at eighty six hundred. Am I really getting that that much better of a player with with that much better upside as I am with Kiz or with Ryan Moore with Corey Connors or even some names down here in the 7k so I don't love the value with Siwoo Kim the inconsistency with Siwoo Kim although he's played better lately I'm, I'm just still I'm not buying the Siwoo Kim so there we go all right well we have some agreement again here and I think here's the thing with this 8k range it's kind of weird for me I think that I'm gonna probably sort of plant my flag on a couple of guys over 9k and then I'm gonna be dropping down and maybe take one guy in here in this 8k range but then in the 7k range is where I, I feel like you're really gonna you know have a chance to to win the money in that range this this week so um but for the 8k range I'm with you on kids he was one of my tournament plays I just like how he's been playing and 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 you know, this is the tight course that he sort of grew up on and, and should be able to play well on. So I do like him here. Um, so I will play him as a tournament play. I had Ryan Moore actually as a tournament play for me at 8,100. I think it, you know, it's a, it's just Take a that good too. price. And I don't think, uh, I, I could see him, you be playing him in cash. I don't mind that as well. Yeah. But uh, for all the same reasons you said, my cash play was actually Brennan Todd up here at 8,900. Um, another course that's just great for Brendan Todd. I mean, and we're seeing him every week. I mean, he's he's just always up there at some point. Um, his ball striking is incredible. He's, you know, accurate off the tee. You know, he checks the box and opportunities gained. I mentioned that. He's 11th in the field there. He's uh, 11th in par four scoring, which is something that I look at on a par 70 course. So I think Brendan Todd at 8,900 is just as solid as they get. I will definitely play him in cash and then probably in tournaments as well because I still think he's probably going to not have a, a ton of ownership. So I like, I like him. Um, my fade's going to be Sneds. I know he's got, yeah. you know, some great course you. history here and whatever else, but I mean, he's just not really playing great at all when you consider the stats and everything else. I mean, like literally the only thing that he pops in is his scramble. And other than that, like there's just, there's just nothing. Um, so outside of the, the course history that you see with him, I just haven't seen anything. I mean, he did make the cut last week, but he finished 51st. He was 67th in the WGC, which was a no-cut event. Um, so he probably would have missed the cut anyway if, he, if there was a cut. And then missed two straight cuts before that. Not a fan of Sneds, I, I, you know, despite the course history and everything there. So there you go. Okay. Why don't you kick us off in the 7K range? Three tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade. All right, well, I'm going to start off at the top at 7,900. I like some Dylan Fratelli. I mentioned him last week. Yeah, good call uh, on a, him last as a, week. As a low 6K 
Or who was in that? When he was up in the high six, I can't remember. Scored more points than uh, than Brooks Kepka, by the way. I don't As know if I mentioned, mentioned that. I just want to mention yes. that again. I think you mentioned that once or twice. Yeah. But finished thirty third last week. He was, you know, he's he's on a pretty good run with a T eighteen at the three M top twenty two at the at Memorial. Um, you know, you look at the stats. He's checking the box and ball striking. He's in the top twenty in the field there. Strokes gained approach, scrambling, uh, par four scoring. Um, I mean, pretty much, I mean, across the board, he's really been hitting the ball really well. Now, he's only played this this tournament once, and he missed the cut. I believe it was last year. Um, I, don't, I don't care about that. I, I just – I like the way he's playing right now. So, it's 7,900. I think he is a good tournament play. I'm going back to the well with our boy Tom Lewis at 7,600. I know he burned a lot mm. of people last week. Um, but I think this is this is another good spot for him. And uh, maybe we'll we'll get a little bit less ownership for him at uh, you know now that he's you know pissed everybody off and and whatever else. But you know greens and regulation, ball striking, all of that. He is he he's good. So I, I like him at seventy six hundred. So I will play him as well. Um, <laughs> my other tournament play. Can you guess who my other tournament play is? Mm, Bud Collie. Bud Collie, seventy two hundred. Man, were you hating yourself on on Thursday at the PGA when Bud Collie and Alex Noren were making a run? It was killing me, and so now I'm going to have to mention them. But I mean, look, he's he's a good fit here. You know, checks the box around the greens. He's top twenty in the field in opportunities gained, um, par four scoring, greens and regulation, good ball striker. Uh, you know, you look at his history here, that's actually pretty good as well. I mean, he was um, T22 last year, 42nd in 2017, top 10 in 2016. So a guy who's, you know, and he's he's been in pretty good recent form. You throw all of that together, I think Bud Colley is a good play at 7,200. So I do like him. Um, my cash play is going to be Lucas Glover at 7,300. I know you were on him last week, I think. Yeah. And he's screwed. Um yeah. But look, he's got the perfect game for this course. The perfect game. It should be, I mean, he should finish top 25 on this in this this tournament every year that he plays it. So I like him at 7300 and I will play him as well. Um God, I didn't even write down a fade. Why didn't I write down a fade? I'm gonna fade Russell Henley, just because I'm tired of Russell Henley. <laughs> let's talk about russell henley because i do think he is going to be extremely popular uh mm-hmm. he he may give webb a run for his money as the most popular play overall but i definitely think he's going to be the most popular play in this range because he's hitting the ball so freaking good i mean his irons right now are just absolutely boiling hot his his now he arrives on bermuda his best putting surface by a long shot long term short term doesn't matter what you want to look at um shockingly he's losing a ton of strokes on the green still uh, even at the pga lost 4.3 strokes um putting but i mean his iron play the last four weeks he's gained 7.1 at the pga 1.6 at the 3m six at the workday eight at the travelers I mean, it's unreal. 
he's just his irons are so good it's frustrating feels like his, as hell and his putter sucks right now and he's known to be a good putter he's basically like the jordan spieth of the 7k range or of the yeah like, he's just not doing and he's okay but, know, let me but, but if you but get here's, here's, if you get henley keep, if you keep getting him at high ownership it's like why do you keep chasing that like yeah here's the shocking fact though out of 187 measured shot link events that Russell Henley has played in, guess what his strokes game putting number is? Forty third. No, no, the actual strokes game. Okay, forget it. Out of 187 events, his he's averaged 0. 0.8 strokes game putting in the positive. Oh, oh, point. Okay. So it's not like he's. I mean, he's in the positive, but. It, He's actually not a world beater or has been a world beater, you know, putting for his entire career. He just hasn't been as bad as he is right now. Um, so Bermuda I, I is know. his best surface. Bermuda is his best surface by a long shot. Um, so I don't know what to do with Henley. I do feel like a chalky Henley is a fade-worthy Henley. I think that makes a lot of sense. And maybe you just bet him. You know, maybe you fade him in DFS and you bet him a top 10 or bet him outright. Um, and that may be what I end up doing. But he does look to be pretty chalky right now, for sure. Um, all right, my tournament picks in this range, I'm going to go – I'm going to pivot off your Fratelli, and I'm going to go with Doc Redmond. I'm going to go with the young Doc Redmond, the scorer, the guy who is, uh, let's see, sixth in this field since the restart in strokes gained approach, seventh in greens and regulation. Uh, 28th in fairways gained. He scores. I, I love Doc here. Um, I will uh, I will definitely be playing some Doc Redmond. In fact, he's also 84th in the FedEx Cup. So he's a kind of a bubble boy wanting to make it in the Northern Trust in a couple of weeks. I feel like he, that's going to motivate him a little bit. He's a young guy wanting to get to Eastlake. Uh, a good week here and a good week next week would, would do a lot for him. And Henley's also got that motivation. I mean, Henley's 118. Obviously, this year, the, the difference in the FedEx Cup, it doesn't mean as much because these guys aren't fighting for tour cards. But they are still fighting for um, – because everybody, you know, with COVID is going to keep their card. But they are fighting yeah. for, um, for for what, you know, for what um, – God, what's the word? Jesus. For what class they're playing out of or whatever you call it. Um, status. So, it does – status, whatever, yeah. And they want to make it to the playoffs, right? Like, you, you want to keep the season going yeah, and make wanna, it to the yeah. playoffs. But – uh Henley sits at 118 like that's that as good as he's playing right now he's got a little extra motivation like he's just inside the 125 number to play next week he needs a big week this week and next week to get into the northern trust I mean there's a motivation there that's why I say like I don't know DFS I'm with you I think if he's you know around that 18 to 18 percent or more I feel like it's a fade um just because it's Russell if Henley, you're ever if, if you're gonna play Henley this week and, and you want to like you want to see what it's going to be like, uh, go watch the scratch golf uh, video that we did on your week <laughs> with fantasy golf and pay attention to Friday and the anger and the emotions that, that we are going through in that video on YouTube. You can find it there on YouTube through scratches channel. That is going to be what you're going to be going through with Russell Henley on Friday is what I think. It's tough. It, it is. It is tough. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Redmond. I think the chalk, the, the, another chalk play that that is down here, but chalk I'm gonna eat is gonna be HV3. Checks all the boxes. Mm. Played well at the PGA Championship. Yeah, he's a, he's a North Carolina boy. Um, 
you know, I, I, he's made three or four cuts at the Wyndham. Uh, best finish was a T10 a few times back, which, you know, isn't great. But um, I, I feel like the, the floor is good for, for Harold Varner here. Um, and then I think, I think it comes down to – I don't mind your Glover play, but I, Henrik Norlander is going to be chalk. I think you, you, uh, you could pivot off of, off of Norlander and go down 100 bucks and go to Luke List. Um, I think Norlander is a safer play right now with how he's playing. Um, just ball striking machine right now. But, but I also think that List can offer uh, maybe a little better upside. Now, List has terrible tournament history here, but he's coming off a solid week at the PGA. He's been playing okay lately. Um, so I'm going to go back to the well with Luke List. T10 at the Memorial a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Luke List there. And my cash play – I guess I'd go I guess I'd go Norlander in cash. I feel I feel good about Norlander. Even at 7300 I feel good about Norlander. There's a couple other guys that I gave consideration to here. I mean Jim Furyk is is interesting here. Um yeah. Anyway, I I think um I had HV3, I had Henrik. I'd probably Norlander. go HV3 cash, honestly. I had them both written down as something, you know, they they obviously interest me. I think, um, you know, a good pivot off of if, if you want to, you know, if you're looking at that 7,300, you're looking at Glover or Norlander and they might be higher end. I think if you go up, I like going up to Lanto Griffin. At, at, Lanto withdrew. Lanto withdrew. He did? Yeah. He withdrew today, I think. Or, yeah. Um, Never mind. Then I don't like going up to Lanto yeah. because that would be a bad thing to do. Yeah, um, a guy that my my fade this week, and I hate to do it, and I hope I'm wrong, is JT Poston, defending champ. Love JT, love Fleener, but man, his irons are so bad right now. I mean, they're they're not good. He lost five shots on approach with his irons at the PGA. He has not been positive in strokes gained approach yeah. since uh, the Honda in March. I, I don't I don't love it. He's got to hit his irons better here. I mean, let's look at let's look at last year. I mean, last year when he won, he gained seven shots with his irons. He had, you know, he had just been playing. Was well his... documented and said millions of times that uh, he didn't make a bogey the entire 72 holes. That's, that's right, yep. First person to do that since Lee Trevino, I believe, to win a that's tournament crazy. Like that. That's crazy. Yeah, so I think JT, man, I mean, he's 144th in this field in strokes gained approach uh, since the restart. That's very no bueno. So, I think – you know, the defending champ's got to go. And I don't think he's going to be that popular. I mean, I don't think it's going to give you a big edge, but just if you're if you're kind of new to this and you're looking at him and going, wait a minute, the guy won last year. I mean, he does have the style of game to win here. Maybe maybe a little magic. I would love to see. I would love to be wrong about this one because he's a friend. Fleener's a buddy. We'd love to see him win, but it's just, something's got to change here for him pretty soon. All right, let's get to the 6K range. Before we do that, though, Pat, I showed everybody my underwear last week on the podcast. I don't know if you remember that, but mm. uh, I showed everybody my underwear. Really enjoying our our my my fresh new draws from Your draws from my friends, the Chill Boys. Chill Boys Undies, Minnesota-based company, making some fine and fresh underwear from bamboos, like bamboos. Like who was like who in Minnesota was like, hey, we should make some we should make some underwear out of some bamboo, like what? Who anywhere Minnesota, decided that? Huh? 
who anywhere decided that I, i've seen that in other places like what, what how do we figure out bamboo makes some good threads i don't know but it it definitely does it definitely does uh you know it's lightweight it's breathable you, you can deal with it in humid hot 100 degree weather like we have here down here in the south uh, very comfortable they've got the anti-chafing uh slide zone which i really like there's a, a special zone right where your special zone is and, it, and it, it keeps you from chafing it up when when the conditions are brutal and so our friends at chill boys want to give our friends you the listeners an opportunity to check them out you can go to chillboys.com to see the full line of cool soft boxers and boxer briefs and you can use promo code tour junkies to get 15 percent off your entire first order the whole order everything you get 15% off your first order with promo code TourJunkies at chillboys.com, 15%. You can thank us later for helping out your boys while you're playing golf or maybe you're playing a game of pickup, pickup basketball, or maybe you're playing pickleball, which I hear is very popular right now. And you're, you know, you're leaning for a, a forehand and you feel like your crotch is going to like, you're going to like, the friction is going to cause a spark, which is going to light your drawers on fire. Well, you need some chill boys with that anti-chafing slide zone. To hook you up thank you chill boys too for sponsoring the podcast we appreciate it keeps this thing hustling keeps it going right pat yeah cheers to you chill boys yeah it's very comfortable underwear mm -hmm. all right 6k range any any names in the 6k i got a few here i'm gonna start at the top at 6900 uh i like some adam long i think adam long is a I thought is you sort would. of a <laughs> You did. You did. You love Adam um, Long. I just, I don't know. Adam I mean, Long is becoming your your six K Bud Collie. Is he really? Am I yeah, missing yeah. him that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Which I, I think actually the last time you mentioned me finished runner up at the three M. I don't know, but yeah, I think you. I think you did. How? Well, where does he pop for you? Like I'm looking at him right now. I'm trying to figure out where does he pop. Well, I mean, I think the form is good is what I like. I mean, he's finished, like you said, he finished second yeah. just a yeah, few weeks ago at the 3M. He's, yeah. you know, made the cut of the PGA in an extremely, you know, stacked field, 52nd at the workday. Another, actually, they got a pretty good field there. Um, as far as the stats are concerned, he's definitely not a great putter on Bermuda. So that doesn't really, you know, throw it. You know, come. And there's not a ton of guys down here, by the way, that just check a, a, a ton of boxes. But – He's in the top, you know, he's 41st in the field in ball striking, 31st in approach. He's 36 in strokes gained scoring on par fours. So I, I think that, uh, you know, across the board, I mean, it's, it's, it's not all that bad. Um, checks the box for me in greens and regulation. When you, when you get down in this range, you're not finding guys that are like top 10 in greens and regulation or top 20. You're just trying to find some guys that are like, like they're hovering on the edge and they're in the top third of the field relative to everybody else. And that's what I kind of see with Adam Long. So I like him at 6,900. Also a fan of Bryce Garnett at 6,700. I think he's a good play. Now he actually checks more boxes. I noticed, I noticed him too. I mean, he's ball striking 39th, 32nd in strokes gain approach, six in par four scoring on, uh, you know, he's seventh in greens and regulation. Uh, you look at his, actually he's got, Good course history here. Great. And he's history. played here four four of the last five years. Two of those were top twenty finishes, and he had a T six last year. So I think Bryce Garnett at sixty seven hundred makes a ton of sense. Um, looking at also his strokes form. gained, sneaky good dancer. We 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 
We you took would know it that, to, not me. We took to the floor at the Kisner Foundation yeah. event last year, and, and Bryce threw it down. Bryce threw it down yeah. for a guy named Bryce. You would, you would think he would just hold up the wall, but no, nay, yeah. not him. But we, we haven't seen him in a couple weeks. He didn't get in the PGA, and he didn't obviously play in the WGC. But he was T26 at the 3M. So I think Garnett makes a, a little bit of sense there. Um, a flyer kind of play for me, and I just – I don't know why. But it's just Keith Mitchell. Just – I, I want to play Keith Mitchell this week. And I, at 6,800, yeah. I just feel like he's – I saw him play a, a, a full round with Tiger – you know, and I thought he was – he hit the ball pretty well, you know, playing with Tiger. Like, I just feel like Keith Mitchell is is one of those guys that could be sort of a long shot, just like you're getting him cheap. He's still a stud player. I mean, well, he's not a stud player, but he's still a, a, a winner on tour that you're getting at 6,800 on a course that he can he can kind of dial it back on and, and he doesn't have to feel like he has to, you know, bomb it off the tee and whatever else. I like Keith Mitchell at 6,800. It's just a gut play for me. Yeah, it's like he's around the same price he was at the PGA in a much weaker field. So it just seems like he's undervalued. Uh, hits the ball a freaking mile. And, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it does feel like a weird one. Best putting surface is Bermuda by far. One on Bermuda. Um, it does feel like just kind of a – he feels like a really high upside, like high floor – but I mean, high ceiling, but super low floor, like trunk slam and floor is what Keith could bring you. So those are my guys in this range. Okay. I got four. I got Ryan Armour at 6,800, who feels like the safer, kind of, you know, kind of low floor cut maker. Definitely Uh, an accurate guy off the tee. Very accurate, really good record here over the last three years. You can take a look at that on your own. But, I mean, even since the restart, a T6 and a T4 since the restart at the Travelers and the Rocket Mortgage. That's pretty impressive for Ryan Armour. I'm a little concerned. I was initially a little concerned about the birdies. But since the restart, he's actually 35th in this field in birdies or better gain, which for a guy at 6,800 is actually pretty solid. So he can get warm and go out and make some birdies. Um. Similar to Keith Mitchell at 6,800, I think Will Gordon is is mm. the play. A young guy. Um, I really like that one. I think that one's going to be a sneaky good play this week. I don't think it's going to be that sneaky. Everybody's loving Will Gordon. but You're, you're hearing a lot of talk already about Will Gordon? No, no, he's I'm saying like – No, I'm saying between like this restart, he's, he's caught a lot of attention since the restart. Um, but he hadn't done that great, honestly. I mean, That's t- what I'm well, saying. I guess t- Other three, than the time he – he three at the travel whenever it was yeah um but yeah uh putts okay on bermuda fourth and birdie or better gained hits it a mile i mean maybe the longest hitter i mean he may be the longest hitter on this uh in this tournament i mean that when he was playing with matt wolf in that exhibition match a couple i think it was for the rocket uh or maybe the 3m he was out driving he out i think he out drove matt wolf was it matt wolf who did he out drive he out drove somebody that was freaking long He's a long hitter. Now, if he can get his irons dialed in for one week, he could run away with this thing. So I like him from a from the perspective of just another high ceiling kind of guy. But I got two really sneaky one percenters, maybe two percenters that are stupid cheap that I actually feel pretty good about. Uh, now, well, actually, let me give you a bonus one. Chase Seifert at 6,400 seems like a very – poor 
It just seems like a misprice with how he's been playing. Seifert's 127 in the FedEx Cup. He needs a good week this week, and he can play next week, guarantee himself another week on tour. Irons and ball striking have been very solid since the restart, but that's not the one I was talking about. But he's only 6,400. Love that. All right, at $6,200, Chris Baker, European tour kind of mainstay guy, stupid accurate, really, really accurate player. He hasn't missed a cut since the restart. He's only played in two events, Rocket Mortgage and the 3M Open. Um, But in those two, struck the ball very well, ninth in strokes gained approach, 23rd in fairways gained, 20th in birdies or better gained. I think Chris Baker at 62 is very interesting. And also, I'm going to go with our boy Hank Lebiota at 6,100. <laughs> the last time I talked about him was a 3M Open. He finished T26 at the 3M. He's gotten a putting lesson. He's changed a little bit of what, what he's doing with the flat stick, which I think will, will work out a little better for him. You know, I mean, since the restart, 13th in strokes gained approach. Not too bad. Um, you know, it's kind of middle of the pack in terms of fairways. Greens and regulation, 35th. $6,100 for Hank. I mean, I, I think in this field, his upside is probably a T – I think he's probably a T15 upside, maybe T10 even. I could see him T10 here. If Davis yeah. Love can win this thing, Hank Lebiota can finish top 10. So, I think there's a lot of upside. If you're playing a mass entry GPP contest, I think Lebiota is a very interesting play at 6,100. I'd have a sprinkle or two. I, so there I don't you go. Mind either either one of those plays. I think those. You are, like those? Yeah. Okay. Thank I thought you, you were going to go CT Pan. I just, nah, I just felt like I don't you like. Were, C- yeah. I don't even like. I don't like CT Pan. I don't. Why? Right, what's wrong with CT? I don't know. I just don't like him. Uh. Okay. Yeah. I don't. That's all I got for this range. Let's get into some sports book um, bets here. I got some outrights, some top tens. I got one top 20. No matchups posted on GK Sportsbook right now. Um, Pat, you tend to be the short knocker and you like the short odds. So what are you looking at right now? Well, the shortest guy I'm going to go with, and I mentioned him uh, in the over 10K range that I was going to play him, and that's Tommy Fleetwood at 20 to 1. I think he, he is definitely in play with a guy of that caliber of a golfer. Um, I think it, and he's, he's just, I feel like he's due, so due to win one of these. So I like Fleetwood at 20 to one. My real love though is right in that 30 to 40 to one range. And that is Billy Horschel at 35 to one, Brendan Todd at 35 to one. Ryan Moore at 40 to 1 and Kiz at the weird number of 42 to 1 on <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook. Those are those are really my favorite bets when you look on the shorter end, shorter to middle end right there. Yeah, that seems like a that seems like the money range right there, like that that starting with that 20 to 1 Fleetwood. I mean, I just don't know in this field why you would why you would do the 16 to one or 12 to one or 11 to one web um again I, but that, but that's just my tolerance i hate that kind of stuff so it may be sharper to do that but i'm not doing that um but it does feel like that 20 to one to 50 55 to one range is really a sweet spot. a lot of guys I, out of there yeah yeah and and it's hard to it's hard to make a case for 
you know, a lot of those guys over the other, really. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that range. I, I had Ryan Moore written down at 40 to 1. Kiz at 42 to 1, I had him written down. So, yeah, I'm with you there. And then I'm going to skip. I'm going to go all the way out to the uh, – let's see, where do I want to go? Well, I mentioned Redmond. I like Redmond getting his first PGA Tour event win here at 70 to 1. I just love the fact this is a, a contest that's going to be won at 20, to, 20 under. And Redmond's an aggressive young player that can take advantage uh, of a couple of par fives here in his length. Um, you know, and he's just aggressive. He's, he's a scorer. So I like that. HV3 at 71 is tough to ignore as well. Um, after that, though, man, I mean, Norlander is 90 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. But when you go to a reliable, another sports book that we like to look at that we feel like has the sharpest golf odds, doesn't mean you want to bet them because they're too sharp. But Norlander's 75 to 1 on that book. And he's 90 to 1 here on DraftKings. So you get a little bit of a value there on, on Henrik. And then after that, like I'm going to go way out. I mean, we talked about how three of the last five winners here, you know, in the last five years have been triple digit long shots. You know, JT Post last year at 100 to 1. I believe now Seawood Kim was 150 to 1 when he won. And then Davis Love the third was 500 to 1 back in 2015. So I'm looking at some long shots, man. You mentioned – well, before I do that, do you have any more in the mid or long range that you want to get to? The only ones that I will go to, and I'll let you finish this off, was I, I was with you on HV3 at 70 to 1. I mentioned Kali as being a play that I liked in DFS. I like him at 90 to 1. And then my longest guys that I have are Garnett at 100 to 1, which is crazy because he's at 100 to 1. But there's a lot of guys priced ahead of him on DraftKings as far as DFS pricing that are, that are you know, much lower odds. So I think that, you know, that's a pretty interesting thing with, with Bryce Garnett at 100 to 1. And then Ryan Armour, like you said, I like him at 175 to 1. And then the longest shot guy I have is Matthew Naismith at 200 to 1. I just think he is, you know, Southern guy. He's, he's you know, this should be a course that he can play well on. Um, I, I think Naismith is uh, – now, we've seen him be – he was started off kind of in the restart sort of hot, and he sort of cooled off a little bit. But I like Naismith at 200 to 1. So, that's it. I'll let you finish it off. Oh, and I have I one top 20 bet, but that was it. Yeah, I got, I got one of those too. I'll, I'll throw that out there here in a second. I don't know about Bud Colley winning this thing, man. I just don't – I don't see him winning. He doesn't seem like a, like a, like a winner, you know? I mean, how long has he been on tour? He just can't win. Anyway, oh, he's had injury issues and whatever else. Like, he can't really – I mean, I don't know. Um, I think he can win. You want to talk about – I like your Ryan Armour play. In fact, going back to that same sports book that we feel like has pretty sharp numbers, Ryan Armour's 150 to 1 there and 170 to 5. 170 to 5. 175 to 1. 175 to 1 on DraftKings. A little bit of a value there on DraftKings. Um, but I like the Ryan Armour play. You know, a couple of the upside guys that we both mentioned in the DFS portion that we like because they both can score. They're both big hitters. They can get really hot and, and go stupid low. Your boy Keith Mitchell is at 135 to 1. That's a huge number for a guy who's won on PGA National, loves Bermuda grass, or at least puts best on Bermuda grass. Um, 
you know, had a good week at the PGA. I, I don't know. That's a good that's a good number for him, I think. And then Will Gordon at 175 to one, another long, long, long hitter with uh, that that needs some points. Okay, and 175 to one on DK Sportsbook, 115 to one on the mysterious sharper golf sportsbook 115 to one that's a big difference for will gordon so i'd go ahead and snatch up that 175 while you can on will gordon because i bet it's going down Hmm. and then i got a long shot here that's also going to be a top 10 bet for me chris baker european tour mainstay that i mentioned in the dfs section as well very accurate player um couple good you know decent finishes couple made cuts since the restart playing full-time on the pga tour right now he is at 250 to 1 and 22 to 1 as a top 10 which i definitely think he has the ability to do um you ready to get in some top do you have any top 10 bets i got a couple top 10s i have no top 10s i just have one top 20 bet that i like um who's your top 20 bet I like Scott Stallings, 10 to 1. I mean, yeah. this, I think it's a good setup for him. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting, you know, 10 He's to 1. He's a cut maker, top, top yeah. 20. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I have one top 20 bet, and he's also a top 10 bet. That is Hank Lebiota. He is 14 to 1 for a top 20 and 33 to 1 as a top 10. You know, like I said, playing a lot better getting some putting lessons, getting some putting help over the last few weeks. I think that could be good. Harry Higgs at 33 to one. It's just a long number for a guy who had such a great fall. It's just a big number for a top 10. I, I feel like we haven't seen Higgs in a couple of weeks. Hopefully he's, he's worked some stuff out ball striking wise. Cause his ball striking really tanked since the restart. I'm believing for, I'm believing for something there. Um, Chase Seifert at 18 to one. Talk about a guy who is ball striking pretty well in the since the restart. 18 to one for a top 10 on Chase. And then finally, a guy that everyone feels like I don't know, we've forgotten about, but he's a PGA Tour winner. He had some injury issues. He's come back since the restart. He's had a couple of decent finishes since the restart. I know who you're talking about. He's a short knocking accurate guy from south carolina very familiar with 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 bermuda grass wesley bryan is 22 to 1 for a top 10 yeah i like that actually you know what i mean i mean that's this this course fits him very well he's he's picking his spots in a medical exemption right now i I think this is a good spot for him i'm just looking at this as in looking at these now that i'm kind of scrolling down further we're getting we're getting cure deck we're getting Kierdeck back this week. We get Kierdeck back this week. Yeah. Has he played a, a, an event since the uh, the restart, or am I just like not haven't noticed him? He is not. No, he is not. Hmm. Kierdeck is back, baby. I just saw an Instagram video of him playing a practice round. Wow. Super excited about that. Yeah, he could be interesting. I'm not 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 touting him right now, but I just like I, I don't I don't. Yeah, he could be. It, I, I wonder how much he's been playing. I've been seeing him on Instagram. I love following him on Instagram. He freaking cracks He's me up on Instagram. He's probably smoking a bunch of darts on Instagram. Yeah, he ain't doing – I've seen very little golf from him on Instagram in, since the COVID. I've seen him on a boat with a Braves hat, and I've seen him with his cars and his girl and his family. That's that's about all I've seen. I haven't seen any golf. Saw his first golf swing of his on Instagram today, playing a practice round. 
the the nobody ever talks about this, but I feel like he's like he compares so well with John Daly, but he's not quite as good as John Daly was back in the day. But like he's he's yeah. like the modern day John Daly. I love that guy. I love Kiradek. Big fan. Love yeah. to have him on the show. Would absolutely love it. Apparently, big fan of hip hop, cars, girls, money. Like, would just lose. Yeah. And the Braves. Which is cool. I like that. Yeah, okay. Well. All right. Let's get into the PGA Championship recap, dude. I mean, so much to talk about. <laughs> We're not going to get to it all. Like, Morikawa coming down the stretch, piping it on 16 to 7 feet. Hammering what an home. amazing shot. Hammering home the eagle putt. Well, I mean, how about just the turnaround in his putting? I mean, it, it was a rapid turnaround because he was a awful putter, like a, I feel like a, a, a month ago. And all of a sudden, he's found something with the flat stick. He's not going to overpower a golf course, you know, but he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And – his, his irons are so good. Very cool to see him win. Now, do you think he would have won it with fans? Because I definitely think the young guys, these rookies, it just isn't the same when they're playing without fans. I think that's a good, that's a good question. I, I feel like you're probably right. I, I think it would have been tough for him to win with fans. I don't think he would have, yeah. Not, um, not yet. I think he would have come he close, and then he probably would have won the next one. I, I think he would have gotten a little bit nervous and, and whatever else. I, I think that is a, uh, a very good point, um, especially with what was around him. When you think about, think about all the guys that were, were up there with DJ. Well, well, Brooks going into it, but not, you know, in the end. Um, I mean, all of them. I mean, I don't think Scheffler would have done by, good, as good, by the way without like yeah, same. Yeah. and everything like that. I think he would have been in the same situation. Um, you know, I think Paul Casey would have been fine. Like, like you could have seen – actually, Paul Casey probably could have fared well if uh, if there were fans. Like, he might have won his first major. He talked so, about not know. liking the fact he – t- he talked about the struggle with not having fans. He was he talked yeah, about that. So, I think that's that's interesting. Um, but, I mean, that is, that's not to take away anything from what Morikawa did. I mean, he came down the stretch and he made all the shots and he made an incredible shot there on 16 and, and made that putt and everything else. But um, it, it was just great to see. Um, just It was a fantastic Sunday for a major. I mean, it, it felt like a major even without fans. It still felt like a major, and which is what you wanted on a great course and everything like that. So, um I it was so miss. nice to see. I was just so happy to get to get a major championship golf back. It was so much fun to watch. I mean, so many names on the leaderboard late. I would have bet, God, I mean, I would have pounded like minus 500 that we would have had a playoff with like an hour yeah. left to go. I cannot well, I mean, believe We had we like had six guys tied at like 10 under at one point or nine under or whatever it was. Um, and you look at Matthew Wolf. I mean, that guy – the putts that he missed after he got himself in contention were like, I couldn't believe, like he, he could have been right there if he just yeah. made those few putts. And he's another guy that just came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it was, 
Yeah. The, I thought the coverage was fantastic, especially when you go back Ooh, to – I like, wouldn't go that far. I mean, it wasn't fantastic. The, the CBS coverage was fantastic? No, I'm going back to, like, the ESPN Plus yeah, stuff. Yeah, ESPN was fantastic. I thought that was great. I liked having Colt Nost in there. I thought he was good. I thought that, you know, it was interesting when CBS put Mickelson on for a little bit. Now, he's a little bit kind of – I thought Mickelson was great. He talks a little like he's like he wanted Amazing. to talk too much. He wanted to talk too much. Like I felt like he could have like dialed it back just a little bit. But I thought he was he was really good. So I'm I That's was a terrible a fan take. Of that. That's a terrible take. I, I would have him talking the whole time. No, because he just kept going. He kept going and going and going. going. You he really like, didn't though. He really didn't. You can't dominate the broadcast. You you did. No, did he, you, you were you were hammered listening to that or something. He did not do that. There were, he uh, there was a number of times where he could have spoken and he didn't speak until they kind of like prompted him. What were you doing? Were you day drinking during that? There's no way. No, I just – I thought he was great. I thought he was great. But I thought there were some times where it was a little bit forced. Oh, I needed more. I wanted more. Freaking especially after the Faldo spat we had. I just wanted all of his – all all of his vitriol <laughs> yeah. to get to get all over Faldo and then all of his followers just absolutely cream themselves sitting at home with nothing to say. Um I was grateful, you know. We didn't talk. I didn't talk. I didn't tout him, and I didn't put it in a write-up. But I did bet Colin Morikawa a few weeks ago um, for the PGA, so we cashed on that ticket, which is nice. That made up for the losses everywhere else. Um, you know, we've already talked about Brooks. We won't mention Brooks anymore. I, the, the winning million Millie Maker lineup we could talk about included Bryson, DJ, obviously Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, and uh, Joel Damon who we had some information on in the Nut Hut, who uh, we loved and loved to see him finish top 10 at a major. That was your winning Millie Maker lineup, scoring 597 and a half points. And he ate some chalk there. I mean, DJ, Finau, Morikawa was the highest known player in the Millie Maker. He ate some chalk with that lineup. Um, but, you know, got some, got some leverage with Scotty Scheffler and Joel Damon so very interesting lineup there. There was a ton of six of sixes this week. I mean, I had a six of six in some high dollar entry contests and finished like 300 spots out of the money. It was ridiculous. So many six of sixes this week. So you had to have some leverage for sure. Um, I think in the milli, it was like 22 and a half percent got six of six through in the milli. Um, yeah, like I said, we had some late night nut hut insight that paid off for uh, a number of players, and uh, obviously there was a little bit of a weather advantage on Thursday in the AMPM wave. We had that going for us. I mean, I think Pat, when it all shook out, the bombers still prevailed at TPC Harding Park. I mean, obviously Morikawa isn't a bomber; he's not short, but he's he's uh, he's long enough. I think when you look at that leaderboard, it was full of bombers. And I think that paid off. Um, they were still bombing it off the tee, and even though the rough was – now, I they heard were. they – I heard that um, today, actually, that they they shaved the rough a little bit on Wednesday night, which was, for some, disappointing from what I heard. Mm. Um, so that, that it, it did allow those bombers to, to be able to have a little bit more of an advantage. But – um so i kind of wish they might not have done that but whatever um yeah they definitely had i mean because they were you you saw if you if you got a good lie out of the rough you were fine i mean and and there, yeah. there were a lot of good lies to be had i mean i watched a lot of the coverage and and you saw some shitty ones 
But for the most part, if, you know, these guys took some aggressive lines and got into, you know, the first cut or the, even the second cut, they ended up with some decent lies and were able to take advantage of that. So I think you're right. I mean, I think it did come, you know, the Bombers certainly uh, had the advantage. Um, we didn't see Bryson playing from the other fairway as much as I thought we would, but because he hits it well, so because, freaking straight. Well, because, like I said, those damn trees gobble no. up the balls. No, because he you hits saw. it so freaking straight. He hits it straight and long, forever long. And yes, straight. he does. But you mentioned, like, he might spray it and hit it into the other fairways, which we didn't see that. Dude, he could have damn trees are so high. No, the trees are so high, than, they gobbled up balls. They're not higher than what he was hitting his ball. No, 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 they're not. Not unless he was landing it on top of the trees, but he could have clearly gone over the tree line and gone into the other fairway. I think that was a terrible take. Do you the see his shot tracer? Do you see what his, sh- his shot tracer is like straight up? He's yeah, I see so that. I think high. the whole, like, take you had last week about, yeah, these guys can just play from other fairways and other stuff. Yeah. They, I'm no. saying they could have. I'm not – I think he could have. There was there was plenty of room for yeah, that. Yeah, with balls getting gobbled up. Like, we saw, like, six balls get gobbled up by the trees. They just ate them. Even yeah. our boy Joel Damon, he finished eight under. <laughs> you think about Joel Damon. Let's talk about Joel Damon for a second. All right. He lost the ball in the trees, which was two shots, and he had a triple bogey on Saturday. That's five shots, and he was eight under. Let's add that up. Yeah, but I mean, Eight, you could you nine, could do all the 10, 11, 12, 13. Okay, he could have been right there. You take out those few holes. Yeah, coulda, woulda, shoulda. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas all year. But Joel didn't do it. I I, I hated that for him. I wanted him. God, I'm I'm pumped with his top ten though. Um, how about how about Gino texting us from the fairway when he hit the ball in the tree? All of a sudden, like we're watching it. Yeah, and, I, was like, or, I was thinking – or, or No, we're not course, watching it because they don't ever put Joel on TV, but we're tracking yeah. it, and we see the double, and Gino te- – and then we get a text from Gino. Uh, hey, just so you know, we put that one in the tree, and it never came down. Like, are you – did you get fired? Did Joel fire you on the course as, like, one of the one of the shot link veterans – He was Chatting for Joel now? I felt like we had – we went into immediate, like – therapy mode where you and I both were like hey you still got this you can do this yeah we were like, like, like don't let Joel like, fall apart don't let yeah, Joel don't fall let... apart and he didn't yeah. he didn't he didn't man. like that was in the middle of the round I was kind of surprised that that happened he didn't um speaking of falling apart DJ I mean he just I don't know I think the fans hurt DJ too I, I think even though DJ's so like blah about everything like I, I still feel like he could do better with fans but he crumbled but here, here's a here's another hot take is, though. is, is um is um paulina there like because they don't show Pauline like like if paulina's there at the tournament usually cbs or whatever station that's covering it's going to try to find a way to take a picture like she's get her on there. camera she's not like there. so she not there is that not help is that hurting them do you think like oh what if they would had like a weird remember how they like on sunday they had that weird flash into somebody's living room for a minute yeah did you see that it was like a draft like an nfl draft night party in somebody's living yeah. room i think one yeah. of them was jason day what if they'd had one at paulina at the at the crib with paulina she's like sitting there in like a like a like a leather police officer outfit or something just watching dj i would have had those some other people there <laughs> never been like brooks would have been there he got off the course he, he would have been there 
Can you imagine um, Brooks and Pauline like sitting there? Dude, I think I think Brooks and DJ something did happen. You know, we heard that in Master Masters Week a couple years ago when DJ slipped. We heard there was a little run in with Brooks and Paulina. That was a rumor going around Augusta for a little bit. And then it was like after that the relationship wasn't quite the Brooks and DJ relationship wasn't quite the same. But before that, they, they were they were the two best friends that anybody could have. So I don't I don't know. I think there's something to that. Last last little hot take I'll give you. I think Tony Finau was ready to win that golf tournament. I think he was ready. I think mentally he was ready to win that golf tournament. Like he, he came out and shot, what did he shoot? Two or three under. Um, he had a lot of greens. He, he just couldn't get a lot of putts to drop. And I think the only bad decision he made was 16. I don't know why you try to hit a hybrid or whatever it was he hit with a draw over the trees on 16 his natural shot shape is a cut I don't know what he was doing on 16 but other than that I feel like I could kind of see it I was watching Tony I bet him at whatever he was 55 to 1 I was watching him it felt like a different Sunday female to me it just felt a little different to me it felt like he like something kind of clicked and I feel like when he gets in that position again we're going to see him attack and and score well again but to see him go out and shoot a two under or he shot you shot two or three under i can't remember what he did but to go out and do that on a you know on a tough course in a major with with all that going around i just felt like he kind of turned a little bit of a corner even though that's not going to be the storyline because he, he finished in a pack of players that that just didn't get it done um i, I saw a little something in Finau that day that that made me go okay mm. I, I think he might turn a corner I actually agree. I think that, um, you know, people like to hate on him because he hasn't won big tournaments and whatever else, but I thought he played very well on Sunday. I liked what I saw out of him. I think everything we've seen with him over the last month, which has been being in contention a lot, um, you know, failing, which is not good, but I think he's learning a ton through all of this. And we might be on a, on the the brink of like seeing Finau just like totally break out, like which which you see with players like that 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 you know suffer through you know so many just disappointments and they they learn so much from it. And I feel like we're getting sort kind of near the precipice of that. Like like he's like so close, and I feel like he's about to turn the corner. And I like what I saw out of him on Sunday. It, it wasn't like just a complete failure for him so I'm a, I'm a big fan and I think that uh we'll see what happens in the playoffs and other and other things but um yeah I like it I agree all right buddy you got anything else on the PGA that's all I got for now I think <laughs> what else you got I'm good. Let's head over to DraftKings to do some TJ after dark. Mix this up with a little wild leap refill and uh, have some fun. Yeah, we're gonna, it's going to be a good week. Wyndham is here. FedEx Cup playoffs start next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. See ya! <laughs>